Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If I can request everyone who's scattered around to please come towards the front. Please take the spaces towards the front. If you're at the front, even then, please try and move more closer to the front. Any spaces that you can see, please fill them in. We'll be having many people coming towards the end. It's always a struggle at the end. Uh, so if we create space from now, those of us who are already here, keep moving towards the front. People who come in later, inshallah, they'll see the spaces, they'll come and fill in the spaces, inshallah, instead of standing outside uh, and waiting for the spaces to become available during Jummah. Jazakumullah khairah. May Allah reward you all. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa amma ba'd. Fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-Nabih. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Recite Duru Sharif, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim, innaka hamidun majid. اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. Over the last 46 days, many of us have connected to the Quran and the Hadith much more deeply than we ever have in our entire lives. There have been certain verses of the Quran and certain Hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم which we've been hearing for the entirety of our lives. But the way we've been able to connect with these verses and the understanding that we've derived of certain ahadith in the last 46 days, it's phenomenal. It's as if these verses are being revealed for the first time and we're seeing them manifest in front of our eyes. And... You know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that from amongst the people, Allah will choose some people. Allah will choose some people to be from amongst the martyrs. Do not think, don't say that they are dead. They are shuhada, they are alive in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And non-Muslims, Muslims aside, non-Muslims are seeing the scenes unfold. Despite the genocide and the ethnic cleansing and the mass bombardment, non-Muslims have been moved by the resilience of the Palestinian people. And they are saying that how can a people, after facing demolition and destruction, at the end of it say, Alhamdulillah, all praise belongs to Allah. How? What is it that gives them strength? And they are compelled to open the Qur'an. They are compelled to look into the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to understand what is it and where is it that they are getting this strength and this resolve and this determination and this resistance and resilience from. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. From amongst all of these teachings, I'm going to share with you one hadith today. And this was a hadith taught by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to a young child. We speak about the children of Gaza. Today in Birmingham, there was a school strike where school-age children gathered outside the central library fulfilling their right living in the UK. The children have a right to protest. So their parents wrote to their head teachers saying that my child will not be attending school today because my child living in the UK has a right to protest. And children in their hundreds and thousands from all over Birmingham gathered today outside the central library 
And there were some beautiful presentations and some beautiful chants we heard from the young innocent children standing up for their brothers and sisters in Palestine in Gaza. One of them had on a placard, you pause video games, not genocide. You pause video games, not genocide. Children are relating to this. You know, a child, seven, eight, nine years old, Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu was a young child. Seven, eight, or nine, the hadith mentions. The scholars of hadith say he was only a young child. And the Prophet wasallam is seated on an animal. And behind him, brothers at the back, if we can come towards the front, please. As, as we come in, please come sit towards the front. Jazakumullah khairah. The Prophet wasallam is riding on an animal. And behind him is a young child, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. And the Prophet wasallam taught this to him. And Ibn Abbas taught it to us. And I, inshallah, will be teaching it to you. And you're going to take this lesson and take it and spread it throughout the world. He said to him, in, Ya Hulam, inni u'allimuka kalimat. Oh young boy, I'm going to teach you some words. Who is he saying it to? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. At that time, we thought maybe a grand hadith taught to a young child. But today you will understand the wisdom of this hadith. And you will see how the people of Gaza live this hadith. The children of Gaza know this hadith. You don't need, we don't need to test them. We can see it. We can see it with our eyes. We can see it through their resilience that they are living. They are living and a living example of this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him, Ya Ghulam, inni u'allimuka kalimat. Oh young boy, I'm going to teach you some words. Then he said to him, Ihfadillaha yahfadka. Ihfadillaha tajidhu tujahak. The Prophet said, Preserve Allah, Allah will preserve you. Preserve Allah, Allah will preserve you. Meaning, preserve the commands of Allah, Allah will preserve you. And preserve, guard the commands of Allah, Allah will guard you. Know Allah in good times, Allah will know, know you in difficult times. That's what it means. Know Allah in good times, Allah will know you, Allah will help you, Allah will support you, Allah will be with you in your most difficult moments. This is the Prophet ﷺ telling him that, Ya Ghulam, Ihfadillaha yahfadka. And the truth of the reality is that no one in this world lives a perfect existence. Does anybody live a perfect ex existence? Nobody in this world lives a perfect existence. Rather, Allah has not designed this world to be a perfect existence that's going to be in Jannah. Rather, totally opposite. Allah has made this world as a place of trials and tribulations. Not only is this world not a perfect existence, rather Allah does qasam in the Quran against this. The total opposite. Allah says, we have created the human being in a state of problems. I don't know you all personally, but I can guarantee you one thing. You all have your own problems. I don't know you all, but I know one thing. You all have your own problems. And each one of us lives with a fantasy, thinking if I achieve my next goal, my problems will go away, only to realize that a new set of problems come. A single person thinks my problems will end when I get married. And only when you get married now, you're carrying two people's problems. You think my problems will end because we don't have any kids. 
and the kids come along and with each child is a new problem. I'm not saying in a bad way, but this is the reality of life. This is the reality of life. The world is full of problems. The world is full of difficulties. But, but guess what? The issue is this. There are people in this world that when they have problems, they have a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the difference. Everybody goes through problems. The people of Gaza are going through huge problems. You and I go through huge problems. But there are some people in this world that when they go through a problem in life, they have a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they call to Allah. They turn to Him. Allah speaks about Yunus alayhi salam. When Yunus alayhi salam was in the belly of the whale, Allah says, if he wasn't from the people who turned to Allah, who called on to Allah, he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. Why? What did he turn? Because he had invested in a relationship with Allah before this problem came. Before this problem came, we want to turn to Allah after somebody dies in the family. After we get the diagnosis, may Allah grant us afia. After we become bankrupt, then we want to run to Allah. No. I mean, if someone does decide to turn to Allah after a problem, no, Allah is ghafoor rahim Allah will accept your tawbah. But the ideal for a believer is to know Allah at all times, especially when things are good, especially when you are safe and secure. Turn to Allah in those moments and Allah will be, be with you in your most toughest moments. So this is the Prophet ﷺ telling him, guard Allah, Allah will guard you. Then he says, If you're going to ask someone, ask Allah. If you're going to seek help, seek the help of Allah. How many problems we all have? And how, how often do we ask people? We ask people. I ask you, have we asked Allah? Do we turn to Allah? We've got many problems. We complain to loads of people. I've got this, this is happening, that's happening. How often are we turning to Allah? Ibn Abbas, a nine, seven, eight-year-old child is being taught by the Prophet when you encounter a problem and you need to ask for help, your priority is first ask Allah. You want a free Palestine. And we say speaking about it, how many times have we asked Allah? How often do we turn to Allah? There are moments when du'as are accepted. Do we seek out those moments? Friday being one of them. The last 15 minutes before Maghrib on a Friday being one of them. You've all got issues going on in life. If we really, do you know the Prophet ﷺ has said, the most unable person, the most ajiz, unable person, is the one unable to make dua. The one unable to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, In yansurkum Allah, fala ghaliba lakum. This is a promise of Allah. If Allah supports you, nobody can overpower you. Wa in yakhdulkum, faman yansurkum min ba'dihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he forsakes you, then nobody can help you after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The simple equation is this. If Allah is on your side, you will never lose. If Allah is on your side, you can never lose. And without Allah, without Allah, you cannot win. Even if you have every single MP standing with you, you have every councillor standing with you, you have every mayor standing with you, you have the government support, you have the march, you can sign every single petition. 
But if you don't have the support of Allah, you can't achieve anything. So our first priority as Muslims is to secure the support of Allah. How sad it is that sometimes we see on marches, in rallies, in demonstrations. You're saying free, free Palestine and the Mu'addin is saying hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. And we're not securing the support of Allah. I am all for marches and demonstrations and rallies and we should do them. But we need to learn to prioritize. Some people are calling for boycotting every single product. But they haven't boycotted the haram in their life. Some people are so stuck on boycott this. I'm, do it. I'm not, I'm, don't misquote me. Do it. But your boycotting will be beneficial when you learn to follow the rules and the commands of Allah. There's a priority that comes. There's a priority. There are man-made laws and there are God-made laws. And Allah says, إِن يَنْصُرْكُمُ اللَّهِ فَلَا غَالِبَ لَكُمْ If Allah supports you, nobody can overpower you. So these are a few things we need to keep in mind. When you secure the support of Allah, everything will work out for you. And wa'lam, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches him. Wa'lam anna al-ummata lawijtama'at. If the whole world comes together, Ibn Abbas, a young kid, seven, eight-year-old child, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling him, if the whole world comes together to benefit you or harm you, and if Allah has not written that for you, they will not be able to benefit you. They will not be able to harm you. Basically, taking courage from our belief in qadr and destiny. Not to be scared. This is not a time to be scared. And it's not a time to fear monger as well. Amongst you, those of you, Quran says, There are some people from amongst the people. Whenever they receive any news, they start spreading it. You know the heart of a believer? The heart of a believer is a trust of Allah. You should not instill it with fear. This is a khiyana. This is dishonesty. To spread fear amongst the people. If you receive a video and a message, and it's fear mongering, spreading it is a fitna. Do not spread it. You know, a few days ago, somebody spread this message far and wide that so-and-so imam has been arrested because he spoke about Palestine. So imams should now be careful about what they say. It was absolutely false and rubbish. The imam was sitting in his house drinking tea, dipping his biscuits in there. And you're spreading, this is fear-mongering. This is fear-mongering. Do not verify. And does it have to be you who sends that message out? Don't you think other people will have received that message already multiple times? Why do you think you have to be the one spreading messages on broadcast to every single person? I mean, everyone's getting everything anyway, especially if it's instilling fear. Believers are not ones who live in a state of fear. Believers do not live in a state of fear. Believers believe in Allah. Believers believe in the power of Allah. Believers believe in the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hearts are full of trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I end by mentioning that there's another variation of this hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, That know Allah in good times, Allah will support you in difficult times. The hadith, know that victory is with sabr. Sabr doesn't just mean patience. 
Sabar means resilience. Sabar means discipline. Sabar means endurance. Sabar doesn't mean, oh, let's just be patient. No. Sabar means keep going. It's been 46 days. Some of you are thinking, oh, how many more marches are we going to go to? How long are we going to carry on speaking about Palestine? Allah says in the Quran at the end of Surah Al-Imran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sbiru, O believers, have sabr, wasabiru. You need to out-patient your opponent, meaning you need to have more determination than your opponent. If they are, if they are sticking to it, you need to outlast them in the sabr. You need to endure. Basically, sabr means endurance. Endure. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Until when? Until when you outdo them in their endurance. That's how long we're going to carry on. Keep enduring, keep enduring. And then the Prophet ﷺ concluded this by saying, وَأَنَّ الْفَرَجْ مَعَ الْكَرَبْ Relief comes with difficulty. وَأَنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Allah says, ease, comfort comes after calamity. He's promised twice. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Two times. If the ummah is facing a difficulty, do you know what that means? Comfort is round the corner. There is light at the end of the... This is a promise of Allah. If you go through a difficulty and you endure, that's a promise of Allah. Inna ma'al usri yusra. Inna ma'al usri yusra. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.